You're listening to Audio Divina, reflecting on the Sunday Gospel with Father Francis J. Maloney. In this episode, we look at the Gospel of Luke, chapter 1, verses 1 to 4, and 4, verses 14 to 21, which opens with a self-portrait of Luke, then sees Jesus in his hometown of Nazareth, where he points to himself as the Messiah who will bring God's good news to those most in need. We begin with the reading of the text from Anna. Seeing that many others have undertaken to draw up accounts of the events that have reached their fulfilment among us, as these were handed down to us by those who from the outset were eyewitnesses and ministers of the word. I, in my turn, after carefully going over the whole story from the beginning, have decided to write an ordered account for you, Theophilus, so that your excellency may learn how well-founded the teaching is that you have received. Jesus, with the power of the Spirit in him, returned to Galilee and his reputation spread throughout the countryside. He taught in their synagogues, and everyone glorified him. He came to Nazareth, where he had been brought up, and went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day as he usually did. He stood up to read, and they handed him the scroll of the prophet Isaiah. Unrolling the scroll, he found the place where it is written, The Spirit of the Lord is on me, for he has anointed me to bring the good news to the afflicted. He has sent me to proclaim liberty to captives, sight to the blind, to let the oppressed go free, to proclaim a year of favour from the Lord. He then rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the assistant and sat down, and all eyes in the synagogue were fixed on him. Then he began to speak to them. This text is being fulfilled today, even while you are listening. We will now hear a reflection on the text from Father Maloney. With this third Sunday of Ordinary Time, we begin our long journey with the Gospel of Luke, which will take us systematically across most of the ordinary Sundays of the year. In order to introduce us well to this reading, the Church offers a Gospel today which is made up of the first four verses of the Gospel, introducing why Luke is writing his Gospel, And then it leaves out the infancy narratives, which we now have read so closely across Advent and the Christmas season. And so we have the introduction to the gospel and then Jesus' first public activity in his own village at Nazareth. The first four verses of the Gospel of Luke set out his program. Luke tells us that he is writing a version of the good news and that he has a special reason for doing so. He recognises that there were some people who had been eyewitnesses to the events of the life of Jesus. Then there were some who were ministers of the word, a second generation. Luke puts himself next. He belongs to a third generation, and he wants to set out an orderly account He wants to write it in a certain way because he has a purpose in mind. He writes to Theophilus, probably a historical person to whom he dedicates this gospel, a person who is Greek. And he writes to Theophilus for a reason that what he has been taught in coming into the Christian faith is well-founded. He wants Theophilus to be sure 
after he's read this story of Jesus, how well-founded the teaching is that you have received. Luke is writing a gospel to a Gentile audience to tell them a story of things that happened a long time ago and a long way away, but he wants to make clear to them that they belong to that story. That this story of Jesus is the foundation of all that they believe in and the way they live. Having made that point, the church then takes us to the first public event in the life of Jesus, as he comes with the power of the Spirit in him to Galilee. All of the major events in the Gospel of Luke and also in the Acts of the Apostles are directed by the power of the Spirit. His reputation is widespread. He's teaching everywhere. But then he comes to his own hometown. And following the practice of the synagogues at that time, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and we're told, as he usually did. We must always remember that Jesus was a good, practicing Jewish person. And normally people were asked to read. Nobody could read in the synagogue until they had been through their, what we nowadays call the bar mitzvah. Perhaps the story of Jesus being in the temple at the end of the infancy story recalls that moment. Jesus is now able to read the scriptures. And rolling the scroll, he finds the place where Isaiah wrote about what we call the Jubilee year. This is a dramatic presentation. Jesus stands in the middle of the synagogue, a scroll in hand, and as is proper for the reader of the scroll, all eyes are fixed on him. The text that Jesus reads is a text that announces the coming of the Messiah. Again, we hear the Spirit of the Lord has been given to me. That happened at Jesus' baptism. But then it goes further. For he has anointed me. He is the Messiah. The word Messiah is the Hebrew word for anointed. He is the anointed one, the Christos. So in the Spirit, the anointed one of the Lord proclaims that he will fulfill his messianic mission by bringing hope to the hopeless. This is not the usual understanding of a Messiah. Jesus will not come to Jerusalem with a sword in his hand to drive out the enemies of Israel and re-establish the Davidic kingdom. Jesus will exercise his Messiahship by bringing the good news to the poor, to proclaim liberty to captives and to the blind new sight, to set the downtrodden free, to proclaim the Lord's year of favour. The expression, the Lord's year of favour, comes from the beautiful tradition in Jewish practice, perhaps more spoken about than actually practised, that every 50th year, at the end of seven sabbatical years, there would be what they called the year of the Jubilee. And the basic element of that year was the liberation of everyone 
who, because of their poverty, had to sell themselves into slavery. They were set free. They were to go back to their own land and to resume a life of freedom. This was always a great dream in Israel and probably never totally practiced as Jewish religion hoped for. But Isaiah spoke of this year of Jubilee and Jesus says, as he puts the scroll down, that this year is about to happen. And it is about to happen in the person of Jesus of Nazareth. As he says, this text is being fulfilled today, even as you listen. In our Christian understanding of the presence of Jesus among us at all times, this year is not the 365 days of the year of Jubilee as it was in the hopes of Israel. The year of Jubilee, as Luke wants us to understand it, as Jesus begins his gospel story, has its beginnings in the life of Jesus. That is when Jesus comes to bring good news to the poor, to proclaim liberty to captives, a blind sight to set the downtrodden free. It began with Jesus and it carries on. It was passed on to his disciples before his ascension. After he dies, is raised, and before his ascension, he commissions his disciples to do the same thing. It is now in our time, in what we might call the life of the church, this year of favour, this jubilee year, should be a feature of the life and practice of the church and of Christians, not for one year, but for all the years in which we proclaim and live our Christian faith. Are we able to proclaim with Jesus? This text is being fulfilled today even as you listen. We are challenged to be good news, gospel, to all people of course, but especially to those who are broken. And there are many different ways of being broken. Not just the financial situation that's described in the text. Brokenness nowadays is widespread. We are asked to bring comfort, to bring a year of jubilee into the lives of those who suffer. This is not something that we, as followers of Jesus, may or may not choose to do. As we begin our year with Luke, as we meet Jesus in his very first day of his public ministry, he issues this challenging word to us to make the year of Jubilee, the year of freedom and peace, a feature of all the years of our Christian lives. We now recommend 10 to 15 minutes of personal reflection on what you've just heard. Please pause the track now and press play when you're ready to return. We conclude with a reading of the text from Duke.
seeing that many others have undertaken to drop accounts of the events that have reached their fulfillment among us, as these were handed down to us by those who from the outset were eyewitnesses and ministers of the word. I, in my turn, after carefully going over the whole story from the beginning, have decided to write an ordered account for you, Theophilus, so that your excellency may learn how well-founded the teaching is that you have received. Jesus, with the power of the Spirit in him, returned to Galilee, and his reputation spread throughout the countryside. He taught in their synagogues, and everyone glorified him. He came to Nazareth, where he had been brought up, and went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day as he usually did. He stood up to read, and handed him the scroll of the prophet Isaiah. Unrolling the scroll, he found the place where it is written, The Spirit of the Lord is on me, for he has anointed me to bring the good news to the afflicted. He has sent me to proclaim liberty to captives, sight to the blind to let the oppressed go free, to proclaim a year of favor from the Lord. He then drawn up the scroll, gave it back to the assistant, and sat down. And all eyes in the synagogue were fixed on him. Then he began to speak to them. This text is being fulfilled today even while you're listening. Thanks for listening to Audio Divina. Special thanks to our readers for the episode, Anna Proud and Duk Tran. If you would like to volunteer to be a reader, please contact us at audiodivina at salesians.org.au.